0: welcome to hashtag general uh i am of course your ever-present host <laughs> logan <laughs> stoodley your omniscient host i i'm i'm always here like literally james will strike the set and i will just sit here for two weeks <laughs> uh awkwardly until we rebuild the set um of course joining me as always is chris so how's life, Chris? How, anything happened recently? <laughs> good.
1: I mean, like, the reason we weren't here the week before was because I wasn't feeling great. Yeah. And I got, I was getting married the next week. And so right. I figured, I figured me being healthy is probably the more important yeah, thing Yeah, being healthy at
0: your wedding is probably more important right. than trying to, like, eke out a voice during the podcast. Right, absolutely. And so, yeah, I did get married. That was fun. That was a good time. Uh, Logan
1: was there. James, I was there. James was not able to make it, which is sad. Yeah. But But, um, no, I had
0: it was a great time. It was fun. Like for for those of you who weren't there, (laughs) um, which I think is probably everyone. uh, Like you guys had done like the actual like wedding and vows as like a private thing. Well, yeah, it it was it wasn't even a private thing.
1: We didn't even do vows. We just showed up to the courthouse and we're like, could we get married? And okay, we had gone and did the paperwork and stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, just come back at like eleven on whatever day you want to get married. Like, cool. So we set the appointment and then that morning we got up and like pretty much pajamas, went over to the courthouse, got married and then came back and like prepared the entire rest of the day for, we had a photo shoot and a party, yeah, like the reception, right? So we it basically, we just wanted to make sure that all of that stuff went perfectly fine and uh photo shoot went great, photos turned out. Great, should be fine, and then uh, and as the, an attendee, party, yeah, as an
0: attendee, I think everyone was kind of like, wait, is there like, are they, like, I don't think some people keyed into the fact right. that on the invite it was just like reception, yeah, so it wasn't like so like I knew I'm like, oh, they probably yeah. they're doing this other thing, but some other people are like, so are they going to like? I'm no. like, no, I think we're just going straight into the party, which is yeah. great because it meant everyone was k- like in a good mood. Yeah, and we all had a good time. A good time. Like, it was
1: great. Uh, it was great to see a lot of the people that. I don't get to see that often. So like friends and family that I don't get to see too often or just friends that like never interact. And then I, there's a lot of my friends that like interacted and, and uh, right. got to know each other a lot better. I think then, you
0: had like a table of was like I was at the table of the random. We don't know where to put them, but we think they'll right. be a good fit right here.
1: And like, and I, I think that was a good table. I think that was fine. No, I had a great um, table. It was great. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think everyone had a good time and I think a lot of, of friendships were made. So it's great.
0: Yeah, so uh, congratulations again. Thank you. Uh, a little ready to dive in? Yeah, let's do this. Let's just dive in. James, we're going to games. Woo! Um, so this was the one bit of thing that caught my attention over the past few weeks was Microsoft has basically pre-announced before E3 that they're bringing more games that have been like an Xbox exclusive title right. or a Windows Store exclusive title, right. and they're bringing it to Steam. And... I think that's interesting. I think it's a good move, but of course, you this is your yeah, field, I mean, it's, so...
1: It's an interesting move. I think it speaks to Microsoft's understanding of the PC ecospace, and I think, like, they really understand where... Like, they, they're no longer being, uh... Let me rephrase that. Like, Phil Spencer, after he took over Xbox, I think, like, maybe five, six years ago at this point, um, has really kind of championed the idea that they are for the gamer and they're going to be a gaming company what's good for the
0: yeah what's good for the ecosystem is good for xbox and windows
1: right and so you know they're very much champions of like hey we'll work with sony we'll work with mic well nintendo well like there is no console war or no kind of road that we won't cross to like further the gaming industry i think that's great and i think that this shows speaks to that kind of mindset Uh, but it also speaks to sort of the uh Microsoft has famously been like pretty hubris and or you know, and pretty kind of uh, do so they let's have, say
0: confident in yeah. their
1: in their own ability to sell things and, and it, to control a market.
0: And I remember how that would fall flat. Like I feel right. like like the entire Steve Ballmer era was them just basically they were uh, trying to slap people around with their money, right? Oh, well, trying to slap people around with their money, but it felt like um, sideshow Bob. Right They constantly were stepping on the rake that you'd think he would have figured it out after five seconds right to check where he's stepping, but no, they just kept walking on to them right and so- it's
1: it's stuff like that where you know whether it's like windows for game window uh windows games live and like all yeah. that kind of stuff, right so like it is to me it speaks to them sort of saying, hey, we're gonna go to where the gamers are rather than forcing them to come to us. And I think that's smart. I think that's good. And I think it speaks to where they're going to go for the next generation, right? I think that speaks to heading into E3, getting this all stuff out of the way, and stuff so that we've seen in the, next, the last couple of years at E3, um, of them really kind of, again, saying, look, this is our new focus. This is where we're going. Um, yeah. it's, it's exciting. It's a good time. It's
0: great, because it seems like, especially in the past few years, I think you're right, they've become, like, the champ- they're the champion of collaboration,
1: collaboration and,
0: of- and gaming, and just... Looking at the ecosystem as something that they shouldn't necessarily control, like they want a part of it, right? But they aren't necessarily going. I want to own it,
1: right? They want to be a leader in the space and not not a, a dictator, right? And yeah, so I think it's. I think that's great. Um, and,
0: and I think it does speak to the fact that they had to kind of go go through a, like come to Jesus moment, right. With like how they completely botched their mobile stuff, how they. I think it all started with because.
1: Xbox 360 they dominated with Xbox 360 yeah.
0: right and they, that was such a uh, huge well not just I don't mean just in gaming. I mean in general just Microsoft kind of had to like rethink their approach to so many things in oh yeah absolutely the past that day. but
1: I think the for the gaming department and it's sort of right around when Phil Spencer took over was it was the coming out of the 360 era they were so there was such a huge lead and they botched the Xbox One. I don't even think it was the release of the Xbox One. I think it was the initial marketing and initial uh, messaging. Yeah, of and this is something we've tried Xbox on One. Uh, before. Right.
0: Um, apparently, we're having streaming problems. So hey, that's fine. Uh, we're we're good on Twitch, but apparently Facebook might be having issues. That's so. fine. Sorry, Facebook.
1: Um, Call Zuckerberg. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, I, I think uh, for them it's sort of a thing where. They 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 took it in the, they took a shot to the mouth and they they kind of stoned back and thought
0: okay now how do we readjust and how do we work and because um, we've tread this topic before the idea that it wasn't that Microsoft's idea when they pitched Xbox One was bad as much as their no I mean explanation we're heading, of it was horrible but we're heading where they're heading saying, there now they right? they basically were saying hey we're going we're skating to where the puck is going to be not where it is right, right. now and everyone freaked out because the puck wasn't there yet right. And,
1: like, and so, yeah, I, they were a good five years, five, six years away from yeah where we're at now. And I think that that shows a lot of forward
0: thinking. It shows their understanding of the space and where we're headed. Yeah, they um, wanted to be the steam for consoles. And if they had said those exact words, right. I think everyone would immediately have been like, oh, I get
1: this. I still think there would have been pushback, but I think yeah. there would have been... People uh, would have understood it. Right.
0: Like, they would have realized, oh, it's just the exact same theme, but for consoles. Right. And...
1: They- and in the long run, it is a better eco space for the, the – like we're seeing it happen right now with like killing – what it has killed GameStop, right? Like it yeah. really has. Uh, and I think that – like with digital games and stuff like that, I think that they were very much far ahead. And I think there's – I think right now everyone's next sort of thing is streaming and sort of where that's going. And I think right. we're going to hear a lot about, E3, or about that at E3 this year or at least in the next year and a half. I think that's going to be the next focus, uh, and they've they've seemed poised to to be right in the middle of that too. So
0: yeah, E three should be very interesting. So that's, yeah, it's a weird
1: year for E three. Yeah,
0: that's definitely going to be a topic uh, coming up in the next show because I think our next broadcast is the week after. Yeah, it's like the week after the weekend so. after
1: E three. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a weird year for E three just because consoles, next gen consoles are coming. Probably 2020.
0: Yeah, we're already starting to get rumors on them. Yeah, yeah.
1: So 20, I would, I would assume 2020 fall or like a holiday season, and so that means next E3 is the E3 that are the big wow moments and the big announcements of these new consoles and like these new IPs and uh, all these big games coming to the next consoles. So it seems like this E3 is going to be a lot of people holding their bullets and kind of uh, keeping things close to the vest. Because they don't want you know to leak anything, or they don't want to show too much too early. So, yeah, it's a weird year. Yeah, um, I think the only one really with bullets in the chamber is going to be Nintendo, just because they have a lot to play. And there's on the also the
0: rumor that they're trying to do like a Switch Pro.
1: Right. That's the that's the big one too. That I don't think we're going to hear about uh, at E3 or C 3 But I think that that's coming towards maybe towards the holiday season. Yeah. Nintendo usually used, likes to release their console updates around the holiday season. Uh, we have seen it with like the 3ds and like 3ds XL and uh, new 3ds and like DS. I even go back to like DSi DS Lite. Like they all, those all came out around the holiday season, so it's pretty normal for them. Uh, and those no- those announcements usually come around like Septemberish, September-ish yeah. August, September August, and then in stores late September early November or early October, and then ready for the holiday holiday push and like Black Friday and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so Nintendo, I don't think is going to do that, but they have a lot of games coming up this year. They have Pokemon Soldier and Shield, which we're, we have a direct for on Wednesday. We have Animal Crossing, which you still haven't heard a lot for, about, of Marvel Ultimate Alliance coming out in late J- uh, July. We have Fire Emblem Three Houses coming out in late July. Uh, you know, There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for them, and then plus there's four more dlc for smash brothers coming out that we know <laughs> of right so like they have a lot going on because the switch is such a new thing right and
0: everyone it's again like we've talked about it's become like everyone's second device,
1: right. right and it's it's the it's a perfect second device and like i think the they set a cadence that first year of, of switch where it's hey we have a major release every single month or every other month there's a huge title coming down the pipe and like here you go here's this big calendar right and i think now they've they've set that cadence so people really expect like hey every month on my switch there's gonna be one thing that i can play one thing
0: i can jump on right and play, yeah
1: and so i think they're continuing that i'm concerned with again if 2020 is the big year where they'll have to compete with these bigger consoles Will they get drowned out, or do they slow down, or or, 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 like does that cadence stop? Because at a certain point, you can't keep releasing titles like this, right? Yeah, like like they have Link's Awakening coming out, uh, the remake to Link's Awakening coming out this year, which is going to be fantastic, and I love it, and it's great. But for a almost a casual gaming fan, like it's not an exciting new release because it's just like a a huge remake of a, of a classic game you right?
0: like the fans are excited but outside of right that, you and can't so really...
1: like how many times can you rely on that and how many how how long can that carry you for if you're going up against these brand new shiny boxes with right. these new ips and huge games because right? let's
0: be honest game like there's a reason why as gamers we always talk about graphics <laughs> Well, It's not it's- graphics, like, specifically for the Switch, but it's like, we like the shiny new things. Right. It's shiny new things, and I think it's the infrastructure
1: as well. So, yeah. like, online play, uh, this, the Switch isn't great at that, right? Uh, I think for huge multiplayer stuff, it's not uh, – the Switch has sort of fallen behind. And then also with the big third-party releases, right? It's so, like the ones that sell every year, like Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, all this stuff. Like, the Switch kind of falls back on those because – it's not as powerful as the system, and like even if you could play them on there, there's no really reason to, because you can just play it on the big, new, shiny thing. Right. right? So, yeah, I mean, it, it just depends, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be <coughs> an interesting time. <laughs> yeah. This isn't to say I, I don't think big things are coming towards to other consoles. Like I think that there's a chance Fable gets announced this year. Ooh, um, that'd
0: be an interesting thing to come back.
1: Yeah, pl- well, Playground Games is working on it right now. Are the people that make Forza. Um, so, well, that's the, that's the big rumor, right? That they're working on it because they hired a bunch of, uh, they're an open world car studio, right? So like, yeah. and they make some of the most detailed and best open world environments I've ever seen. And it's just a driving game, right? But they also hired about 50 to a hundred people that are RPG specialists.
0: Ooh, um, that, that's, that's not right. like it's something that no. happens It doesn't, and then there's nothing going on in right. the background.
1: And, yeah, And, uh, of course, they just got bought out by Microsoft, so they're fully owned by Microsoft now. And um,
0: Microsoft, of course, owns the
1: Fable IP, Fable right? IP because they, owned they a own they own Liongate, Liongate, or oh, Lionhead. So Lionhead right? Head, yeah. Liongate is the film studio. Yeah, Liongate. No, so yeah, Lionhead was, was Molyneux's Molineux. project. So yeah, so they own that now. So the rumor was that they gave Playground the the IP and was like, "Here, do something with it." And, and uh, this is a
0: smart way to go about it,
1: right? And so I think that I think that's going to come down the pipe this year possibly i know halo Infinite is probably going to get more detail this year and there was um, already
0: talk that we might be getting more details about master chief collection at e3 right. so
1: you know yeah. there's a lot coming there's and a lot coming. i think there's a lot to be excited about but again you're not going to see the gigantic stuff because okay microsoft bought five or six new studios last year and not like small acquisitions like huge like game changing acquisitions
0: Th- those, this is totally going to be for the next console. Right.
1: Those aren't setups for this year. Like, you're not going to no. see a lot of those projects coming down the pipe this year. You're going to see them next year um, or the year after that. Right? Yeah. Same I, thing with, like, Jedi Fallen Order. I think, like, that's going to be a big one for this year. But yes. again, like, I don't think... I think you're going to see a lot of the other Star Wars projects. Like, you're not going to see any more new Star Wars projects for this this year. No. It's,
0: that's the only I, one. I, I think that's get. the only one we're getting. Um and of course, if you have any games you want us to keep or talk about at any point after E3, of course, can either leave a message in the chat here, or you can yeah. message us on Twitter, or you can almost even like email they us. have some kind of information on it. It's yeah. like a thought on it. So yeah, exactly. And like even if I just sit there silently for thirty minutes, Chris <laughs> could probably just talk about all of it. Right. So of course you can. Please hit don't us.
1: though. Logan needs to talk, <laughs> and like my voice goes very quickly.
0: Um, yeah, you can also uh, hit us up at feedback at quality dot So perfect let's move on to tech all right so i think we could sit here and try to talk about all of the leaks that have come out for wwdc but i I don't i don't really like to me to me the most exciting (laughs) thing is dark mode right like that's the only thing i want i'll have definitely have thoughts (laughs) about it after the official i just haven't been keeping on top of the rumors recently and also between it and E3, that's basically... Now I don't have to write our outline for the next episode. It's basically E3 WWDC and I'm done. Right. It's literally me planning ahead. Um, but you've recently had a tech person and you've wanted to right. actually so, discuss this.
1: So, And I don't want to discuss the purchase itself because yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. But it's sort of the idea ideology behind it. So uh, we obviously got a ton of like gift cards and gifts and... and stuff for our wedding and so uh i have a really old gopro i think it's like a gopro hero 2 or like a really old one and so uh and it's cracked and it's old and it doesn't quite work that well and so i figured maybe now is the time to buy a new gopro uh (coughs) And so uh, I also had a lot of credits from – you know like when you buy stuff in your credit card, you get those like score reward points or whatever and you can like buy it from a catalog? Yeah. So like that was on there and, and stuff like that. And I was like maybe maybe like a GoPro is like a time – it's like a good time to upgrade a GoPro, right? And like it would be great for E3 and stuff to have because normally when I go to E3 or work E3 or work events – I'm with another company and which has equipment, whether it was like Machinima or FlyQuest, like there's always equipment for me to use.
0: But, this but year- now
1: as a freelancer, I don't have access to that, right? So now it's just me. And so I figured this might be a good time to do that. So I did some research and I I asked you guys, right, of like, which GoPro should I buy.
0: Which really, to be more accurate, was he asked me and I went, uh, James, what do you think?
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thank you, James, by the way, for the suggestion. (laughs) And so, uh, I ended up going with a GoPro Hero 5, uh, which, uh, after looking at it was the most sort of bang for your buck kind of thing in terms of cost efficiency, in terms of what I was looking for, um. And, like, I ended up getting a ton of accessories and, like, upgrading a lot of stuff that I, I use with GoPros normally. So that was a good time. And, like, I've had a, a lot of fun kind of exploring that. And, um, and yeah, it was a good time sort of getting everything in the mail and stuff like that. Oh, but, but
0: I love whenever you're doing something like that and everything comes in the mail. You just get super excited. And right. And then you're like, wait, now what?
1: <laughs> right. Uh, and then it just sits in a shelf until you use it, right? Yeah. But uh, the – especially with, like, camera equipment and stuff like that where it's like – ooh, cool, tripod. Like, I'm not going to play with the tripod. Yeah, right? you, so
0: like, I mean, you can. Right. But there's some times where it's like, if you buy, especially or in like, camera gear. Like, you know, I have just like shoulder mounts and like backpack mounts. It's like, ooh, I'm not going to walk around my house with the yeah, GoPro mount on, right? there's so much gear that has a very specific purpose. Like, you have to come up with a reason to fit that purpose. Right. If you're just trying to but play you, with it. But
1: when you need it, you really need it. Yes. And so you have to have it there, ready to go. But you might go like six months without using it ever. Yeah. Um, but no, so the ideology behind... The question I want to ask you was because you guys are sort of the same way where you're really techie and, and you're into, like, the again, the new shiny thing, right? Yeah. And so, and my dad's kind of the same way, too. It's kind of philosophy I, I got from my dad where my dad's pretty frugal, he doesn't really make big purchases too often. Um, but when he does make a big purchase, he does a lot of research and he wants the best of the best that he can get. Because right. you're investing all this money into something that you really do want the top tier thing that you can get.
0: Yeah, right? if I'm going to be spending $600 on something, is it really worth – if it's going to save me 2 bucks? Right. But it's going to – like, is it worth it? Is it worth saving 2 bucks if it means that I'm going to have to replace this three years sooner?
1: Right. And so it's the same reason why you got your iPad Pro instead yeah. of the regular – newer um, like one of the the new airs the new airs so my thing was for you what is it that sets it apart from like so I could obviously go for the GoPro Hero 7 right yeah I didn't feel like I needed to, and I didn't feel like the price justified the difference between the two. Now, obviously, it's a better camera, and, like, the stabilization stuff, the smooth stabilization stuff is crazy and, like, would have been yeah. really nice to have. But not for the extra $100, $200 that I would have spent for it. Because I got, I actually got the GoPro Hero 5 for $100. That's not bad. Right? And so it would have been, like, $300 for the Hero 7. And I was like, I don't think that... Triple the price is going to be worth it to me. So for you and for I guess James too, what sort of puts you over the edge of like maybe it's not worth it, or like maybe like if you're if for your iPad, like what what would have made you go like maybe it's not would it like an extra hundred dollars, two hundred dollars?
0: Yeah, yeah. This this iPad specifically, if it had been probably another hundred dollars more, I think I would have gone with the Air. Right, and that's just because. Does it come down to price point or does it come down to it, features or it's like? It's not just price point. It, it's kind of more, uh, for me, I try to go with the idea of does this device have features that the other one doesn't that I will actually take advantage of? Right. Um, because as silly as it sounds, like I actually had sat there and went, is having the pencil that can magnetically attach right. to my iPad oh, worth it alone to do it? And the answer, of course, was no but like because of just the whole ecosystem what I've been using it for like I do a lot of my work for my job on this thing right now right to where it's been I wanted to make sure I had the device that would handle a lot of that stuff the best and this was the right answer in that situation but yeah another 100 bucks I would have gone air I would have saved hundreds of dollars and would have been happy with it right but um like on GoPros specifically or anything like that, it's kind of just more of a, I try to find what I would consider the best, what am I exactly needing it for and what best fits it? Because I know personally, and James, you should feel free to chime in because I know you use GoPros way more than I ever will. Um, Like I personally, for what, I do. Don't right. think a GoPro is necessarily the best fit in right. any of my use cases. Right. Because it tends to shoot everything really wide. And so you have to like do either post-processing or on the higher-end models, you can actually have it artificially do it on camera. Right. But... I'm usually not trying to do some extreme sports video. Or right. in your case, I'm not walking an exhibit hall floor and needing to get B-roll footage uh, trying to cover everything. Because honestly, the brilliance of your GoPro thing is you can literally throw it on your backpack, put the camera on, and you can just have that running at uh, just increase the speed up to like 400%. Yeah. And there you go. You have your built-in B-roll. Right. I don't have – basically, especially with GoPro, my use cases where a GoPro has even come up on my – like radar as should i get it has usually been immediately discarded because i can either get a better camera that is overall like an overall better camera it might cost me more but it would be a better fit for what i do but i know there's been times james where i know you've had like one of those really small gopros that you've found incredibly useful sessions right yeah i mean i had the session it's you know i i sort of
1: sakes i often just like put a, a gopro on my bike for something on the, the same way it's nice to just have a small camera for that sort of thing um and what i will say like i agree with you Logan. at like uh, gopro isn't quality wise the best thing but it's especially for small electronics yeah the like quality of like the visuals is improving very quickly yeah
0: so yeah it's like for me, it's literally it's more of the lens than anything. It's not the, like the quality of the image. Sure. Uh, it's the fact that they use a really wide-angle lens because what it was designed for sure. was like extreme sports, where right. you would try to get this immersive wide field. And so it's just for me, for what a lot of the stuff I've looked at a GoPro for, it's like I think something like a like the uh, Blackmagic Pocket Camera would be a better fit it's right. more expensive but it would be more in line with what I would need.
1: Well, I was also looking at like the DJI Osmo uh Pocket or whatever, the the smaller one they have and like it's okay, but again, like for what I'm using it for, like you said, was just kind of I always forget to grab B-roll and I always forget to just kind of grab footage when I'm at somewhere cuz it's something that I have to think about and like actively pull well, out. Especially
0: if you're a one-man army, like right. you are in this situation, it's going to be just where the only thing you have to worry about is whether or not there's battery left on the camera and whether and or not you need to change the card. card right? it, but you know you're getting B roll regardless. That's not a bad situation. like it's for what you're doing. I think the GoPro was the right call. Right. It was just a question of which GoPro.
1: Right, and like it, it's kind of funny. I haven't done anything extreme in my life in a in. In the last decade, like I'm not going snowboarding, I'm not going skateboarding, I'm not surfing, I'm not like climbing mountains or skydiving. the most skydiving, extreme right? thing
0: I do is probably risking my life on L.A. Metro.
1: Yeah, or like the, the the I you know ride the Metro or like maybe jaywalking once or twice a week. Right, like this is this my my life is not extreme or dangerous. But I think the thing that GoPro gave me an opportunity. It, it gives me. The thing with to me with GoPro and action cameras is like the variety of mounts and accessories that you use right. with it, right? And so it's like there's a mount and an accessory and a usage that, or sort of something that I can use in weird situations. Or it's an incredibly situations. versatile camera, right? Uh, where you know, I usually I, the last couple of years I've shot a lot of B-roll and a lot of footage on. At E3 in particular, on my phone, I have a DJI Osmo 2 with a gimbal. And so I've been shooting a lot on that, which works great. But again, it's something that I have to pull out. And and when it's in a crowd, it gets very tight spaces. And so me kind of shooting with that is sort of tricky uh, and sort of awkward. And so just having it on my shoulder or having it sort of mounted elsewhere where it's hands-free and I don't have to do anything um, was going to be a godsend. But... Uh, Yeah, I I think the question just kind of was more about like, yes, everyone wants the best of the best, but what makes you sort of turn down the thing? And again, that goes back to the thing of the reason why I chose the the Hero 5 was I didn't see too much of a difference between the 5 and the 6. So, I okay, that's not a big deal. The 7 had that smooth stabilization, which is incredible. But again, I'm not doing flip backflips and shit. So I don't need the... uh,
0: the crazy stabilization uh, right. is probably not going to be as beneficial right. to you. Like,
1: the fastest I'm going to do is, like, a light jog between exhibit halls, right? Like, it's not going to Which be... Which might
0: actually be hilarious B-roll footage. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the stabilization might ruin that, right? So, it might ruin the comedic effect of that. So, like, you, know, uh, you never know. No, it's... I guess for me, a lot of it, just just go through the idea of, like, purchasing tech, is I usually have an idea of what my budget is. Right. And if I find something that fits my needs, that is under budget, great. But at the same time, like if what I need I can't do for that budget, then I have to I will usually reassess. Yeah, and be like, okay, I can't meet that budget. But what can I do within the budget I have? Do I need to reassess? Like, do I need to increase the budget? Do I need to decrease the budget? Do I need to just rethink the whole idea? Because more often than not, it's like especially when it comes to tech it's are major purchases there it's not like oh I'm, yeah <laughs> it's not like i just threw out 20 bucks and got an ipad uh but and so i don't want to necessarily like i want to I will agonize over the decision for weeks before I make it. A lot of it is because, in a lot of cases, I know the decision's coming up. I might not... All the all of my ducks might not be in an order yet, but I can see them all start to line up. Right. And so at that point, I will just sit down and be like in research mode. Or in one case, I'll be like, I've made my decision, and then Apple will release a new iPad, and I'll be like, shit, I have to go into research <laughs> mode again, which is what happened back in March. Right. But, um, yeah, and I think that's like just a good way to go about it, especially since... You can always spend more money on tech. You can yeah. always add another $300 part to your computer. It's yeah. not that hard to blow your budget. And so I think the budget is paramount. Otherwise, right? We, you could just go down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. It totally easy, agree. Easy to get caught up in that. But no, I think that's just a good way to do it. What do you need? Can you fit it in the budget? If you can't do both, then probably reassess or drop the whole thing entirely. Right. Um, or do you actually really need to do that? Right. Um, the answer is always yes, by all the things. Um, ready to move on? Yeah. James, we're going to movies. So, because we missed a week... Yeah.
1: We, we... We had this discussion topic last week. We had this
0: discussion topic last week, and I know you still want to b- discuss it. And yeah. it was around Detective Pikachu, which, again... I guess we we I, I keep James. You brought this up, and I keep forgetting to make it for you. Um, spoilers for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I'm re-
1: I'm really not going to spoil the movie. It's I the thing was with me is I love the film. I thought it was great. I've seen it a couple times now. Uh, my wife Jenny, loved it. She thought it was great. Uh, and like, so, and I've seen sort of mixed reactions on it. Like from. Hardcore fans, like longtime fans, I think like everyone's kind of consensusly enjoys the film. And then I've also seen a lot of people from that don't know what Pokemon is or like haven't really seen it. I've seen a lot of mix. I've seen a lot of people that really enjoyed it, that like got it really got them into like maybe what Pokemon is and sort of got into like the idea of it. I've seen a lot of people that said like it's really bad as a movie and so the idea of it was and sort of this goes to the same thing of Tolkien of yeah because like, that
0: was this was like kind of the thing where we discussed it is we both because I saw Tolkien right. and you saw Detective Pikachu and we both kind of came out when we were talking to each other about it and said the same thing about the films even though they're completely not right. ones you would relate to and that was my thing with Tolkien is I felt like one of the reasons I enjoyed it is because I've studied Tolkien so much that right. I like I knew his story but because at the same time I knew his story, I could see everything they were doing wrong, there was like this weird niche for Tolkien where first off, if you haven't seen it, you're fine not seeing it. There's yeah, I the moment I saw it because my first thought when it came out in May was like, why are they doing this in May? This feels like it would either be a fall release or, or
1: like an early year early like, year release like the, fe- like the February garbage month.
0: right. And I realized when they dropped it was because they realized that they I think they were hoping based off like the script and the story and the idea that this could be an Oscar film. And then they got the finished film and went, Oh, Oh no. <laughs> but if we put it after Avengers, it will get clobbered and we can blame that. I honestly think that might've been Fox. It style. could have been. Um,
1: but I haven't heard good things.
0: Like, it's not that great. It really isn't. It, it, right. The biggest problem is at the time period it takes place in Tolkien's life, Tolkien wasn't working on Lord of the Rings at all. It wasn't even a thing. Right. It was all the Silmarillion. His life's work was the Silmarillion. So they were trying to like tie in stuff happening when he was like serving in the war and growing up as a kid to Lord of the Rings, even though that didn't actually... Right. The
1: Silmarillion is what led to everything else. So they, right? they had so this like...
0: weird nerf effect where... That sucks they couldn't actually really explain what Tolkien was doing at the time because they would have been in violation of copyright and could have been sued by the Tolkien estate. Right. So it kind of meant that if you weren't familiar with Tolkien, you were kind of getting this really odd, shallow, empty story behind the man. So if you were a fan of Tolkien, you could fill in a lot of those details, but you would also know everything that was wrong with the right. film. So their like niche market was just like bad. Yeah. But it was like we both kind of felt the same way with where do Pikachu was like if you weren't a fan, you weren't sure that the person if you you would want to recommend it to someone. Right. And I think it goes I would still Seeing it again,
1: I would recommend it to anyone that doesn't even know what Pokemon is. I think it does a great job of introducing you to it, and I think it's a fun story still, and I think it is a good time. Uh, I'm. It's just interesting to me seeing something where when you're adapting... Adapting is a, a loose term here, because it's it, you're. they're not really adapting the game, they're really kind of taking the idea of the game and sort of putting it a, diff, a different spin on it, right? Even the original Detective Pikachu game, this is pretty different from it's pretty a pretty big departure from um it's it's inspired by the detective pikachu game more so than it is like a than an actual adaptation of it yeah um but the same goes for tolkien's life right of like adapting sort of this man's life and sort of where he's going and it's interesting to see them both films do things in like very different ways where it seems like tolkien from what i've heard sort of adapted what they wanted from his life Right? And yeah, sort of, um, it's like this... There's Trying to force it into a bucket, right? There's
0: Because there's some people out there and it's really hard because Tolkien started writing a lot of his stuff that became the Silmarillion in the lead up and during the war. Right. So a lot of people were like, oh, World War I is a huge influence on his work. And it's no. like, I think the idea of war was a huge influence on Tolkien. He saw war as this absolutely destructive menace. Right. It's not an allegory in any way for World War One or World War Two, no. but they kind of try to play up the war fantasy demon aspect yeah. in some sequences. Because there's some war sequences that have like Tolkien kind of basically hallucinating, right? Like figures, dark figures on the horses, thing, the killing is, people. The thing is, just,
1: too, that's that's sad. Is like I really like Nicholas Holt. <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. That's exactly why I'm like, this is an Oscar <laughs> film where they realized it wasn't going to go anywhere. Is right. because you look at the cast, you look at like a lot, of like the, just the basic idea. So we got Nicholas Hulk as J.R.R. R. Tolkien. And immediately you say that, and I can already hear the studio exec going, So we're going to do an Oscar push for this, right? <laughs> and you can always hear the other people going, Yeah. This, is, this markets itself. And then they get the finished film and they're like, oh, shit. Right. Uh, it, yeah, it's not <laughs> Which it's happens? Not that's a, that's um, a thing that happens. Is like you make a film with the entire idea that it's going to be one of the ones that you're going to put in the horse race for the Oscars. Right. And then you get it and you're just like, well, nope, nope. nope. And so you'll release it at some point in the year. You'll, you might even make a ton of money on it. But it isn't going to be the one the horse you're going to put in the race.
1: Right. And like – uh kind of the opposite of that is with Detective Pikachu of like the world building. You can feel the, you can feel the, the fanfare and the love and the passion that went into sort of creating the world and stuff like that. And, and I think like, I got really emotional the first time you, they, Rhyme City is like the main hub of the, of the movie and sort of where it's set. And so, first five minutes the introduction of introduction to characters stuff like that. And then when the, when the main character arrives in Rhyme City uh, and you, you get the, you know the the montage of him walking through the city, right? With you know, and kind of showing off the city a little yeah. bit, right? And like that whole sequence got me a little emotional because it's something where it's like, oh, this is what I wanted as a kid. Like this, I, I would love to live there, and it's something that kind of brings you right in uh, and sort of po- realize live action Pokemon is hard because they're it's all it's all CG and it all has to yeah. look, it also look and feel correct. And everyone that's a Pokemon fan has an idea of what that looks like and what that feels like. And so they they nailed it. They really they really did nail it. This is the closest thing you're going to get. And the thing that I love is that Detective Pikachu is not the story that everyone wants to see, but it was a good test ground for like, does this work? Can we do
0: this? Can right. we actually like, make more of this? And I've heard a lot of people make that argument. Right. And like, it's the
1: thing of, like, we know that, since this is doing well, that they've already greenlit three more Pokemon movie projects.
0: Yeah, this is um, kind of like, this was the trial balloon in right, some ways. Right, this is the
1: test bed. So, like, everyone wants the original Red Vers- or Red Blue games made into a movie. And so, apparently, that one's in the works. And was sort of in the, w- they had a script in the waiting, waiting for Detective Pikachu. So, Detective Pikachu was a test ground. Because they don't want to mess up the, the kind of golden goose of that movie, right? Right
0: because pokemon is one of the most successful franchises out there it's just they've never really been box office i mean the pokemon
1: Pokemon the first movie did a lot of money i went back and i looked at that because i I thought the same thing i was like "Eh, maybe not but pokemon the first movie and then pokemon 2000 both did really crazy well um I think they came in at number one of the box office, both of them at the same like when they when they released, but again they're animated films and they're kids' films yeah um, so this is that's a very different thing this is not this is a kid's film, but there's a lot there's like cocaine jokes in there and like it, it's very Ryan Reynolds right so it's, like
0: I think what I mean by it too is this idea that Pokemon can it be something that is beyond just viewed as the kid's anime film? Right, and I
1: think it comes. I think it comes back to like this is the time for it. This is the time where well, like the
0: generation that grew up on it is now the one that's taking that's the kids to so they go right? go to see the movies. So yeah, like, it, this it is makes perfect it, sense right? to do it. So
1: like, yeah, it's great. Um, but it, it's interesting too. Maybe both of you, because you're both older. You're both the Pokemon generation missed both of you, right? So like so- it was,
0: I don't know it. If it missed James. I know for me, because I went was at a private conservative Christian school in elementary school. <laughs> so evolution wasn't a thing. I, the, don't get me started. But um, I feel like I did miss it even more so because there were people my age that, or who are my age, that are into yeah. Pokemon. But because it came so late to my Basically what happened is the younger classes all were playing it. Yeah. Because a lot of those kids is there was like just a drop off over time where like, parents would pull their kids out because, you know, private right. school isn't, you know, inexpensive right. and like, hell, I think the only reason my sister and I were there as long as we were was my mom was a teacher. So we got like discounted <laughs> tuition. It just was right. So you had a lot of kids in younger elementary classes who had outside influences beyond like the small, tiny church we attended. Sure. And so those kids were playing Pokemon because they weren't, as far along into the weird isolation of conservative (laughs) Christianity in North Idaho Um, to where, yeah, I I missed it entirely to where by the time I realized, Oh, it wasn't something because it feels like given how I'm just not into it, that I somehow missed it being too old. And it's like, no, I just missed it because I happened to be too old at the very specific space I was in. Right. But when I went to like a public middle school and a public high school, I found I was like, the minority, no, no, no. Right? Wasn't I it was a minority as much as no? There were kids my age who were playing it. Okay, did and that just hadn't been a thing. And for me in elementary school, um, I don't know. I think James did, might have had to step away. I can't oh, tell. Okay, see, oh no, he's there. He's there. there. Okay. He's there. Did, did it miss you too, James? Oh, you're talking about Pokemon. Yeah, yeah Pokemon. Um, I, mean, I I, feel like I could
1: have played it. It just wasn't interesting
0: to me. Sure, but I grew up Pokemon it. I, I was a like, year later in school
1: so it definitely
0: felt like I could have
1: played it, but I, I agree it still felt like a little a little bit after my time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was
0: just, like, it was kind of expensive. You had to, I feel like, didn't you have to buy the cards in little, like, blank packs so you didn't really know what you were getting? So you're sort oh, of, that's basically yeah, how all that's those all, games that's work. Those that, games that's how, how Magic works That's how Destiny works. That's how everything that does a card game works. Yeah. So, like, like, so
1: to me, it was it was weird because I had this conversation with my dad of, like, when did you realize Pokemon was like a cultural thing? Like, it wasn't going away, right? Like, Uh I think a lot of times when stuff happens like that, it's a fad and it kind of goes, comes and goes. Remember Furby?
0: Yeah. Like that. That is probably how everyone thought Pokemon was going to be. Right.
1: And so I think that that's such a crazy thing of like, this just stuck and like continues to stick and continues to grow and continues to be a thing. Like, it's, it's really cool, but like, it's weird to see people that aren't into it kind of when they realized like, oh, this is just because I I never thought of it as a cultural thing. I just thought like, oh yeah, I'm into this thing. And like it just I just never got out of being into this thing. And like all my friends were just into this thing and we kind of grew up with it together, right? It grew up with me, it came with yeah. me. Where from the outside looking in I could see this like I could see you as an outsider like kind of being swallowed by the wave and this like right. it's not coming
0: what why? the heck is going on? No, right, and, I, like
1: just not being able to come up for air, right? Like where is where is this? Like
0: my whole thing, I remember when I was first I had someone trying to explain to me Pokemon like yeah. you know, in elementary school, my whole thing wasn't, Oh, this is a game that sounds cool. I'm like, wait, the card is how much? So no. you're telling me if I get this card someone will spend like give me like fifty bucks for it? And I'm like sitting there trying to think of like, can I turn this into like some get rich quick scheme right. as like a oh, 10 year old? Oh, you know me.
1: Always scheming, <laughs> always
0: scheming, always plotting, and they're all horrible plots. Just ask James. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, po- Pokemon was like you would you would think it would have been a fad, but it just never. Yeah, you know, no.
1: it, it has all the makings of a fad. It really does.
0: Yeah, but I think we've pokemoned to death. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll leave it to you and to. If anyone wants to shout out and chat where they think we should go, do we want to discuss the Game of Thrones finale first or do we want to discuss all the Star Wars news Let's go, first? Let's go
1: with Game of Thrones because I feel like that's going to be a shorter discussion.
0: Okay. So, James, let's switch it up to TV. And, of course, spoilers for Game of Thrones, even though it's been two weeks if you haven't watched it yet congratulations you're probably one of like five people in the country (laughs) who haven't watched it which by the way this is something i did include in the notes there was an article in the new york times where some guy had never watched any of game of thrones until like april And and then he binge watched the entire thing and he was just like it was kind of interesting to like read the perspective of someone who had been aware of everything in game of thrones because it was such a be cultural a cultural thing. icon to be aware of so much of it but not actually understand anything until he like watched it and like this big massive build up to the uh the final let me well, I think i got so it's
1: funny enough too i i did the same thing there was an article on cnet uh a guy named i think dave Katzmere did a 22 hour or 22 movie uh thing for endgame where oh, he'd wow. never he'd never seen a marvel film and so he watched all of them before Endgame and sort of, like, fell in love. Like, watching him sort of go, like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like, wow, these films are better than I expected, blah, blah, blah to, like, a diehard fan. Like, right. you see the – because he, he watched them every day or whatever, right? So you'd see, like, over the course of these three weeks, him just, like, just, more just getting more and more and more, into more into like, in, ingrained into the Borg, right? Like, just pulled in. It's great. Love well, stuff like that.
0: Well, I'll have to – I was going to throw a link into the – uh chat so everyone could read the New York Times scene, but it's apparently It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes, uh even though I'm like now two episodes behind on show notes. Um <laughs> but yeah the link is either dead or something. But um yeah no that was kinda interesting to hear how it wasn't just um did he enjoy it? I got the sense he did enjoy it. Okay. And that what was also interesting is hearing uh, Pod Save America. They're a political podcast, but right. they one of their team members had apparently never watched Game of Thrones until again, like a similar type of thing. Hadn't watched it till April, and even said that they preferred season seven and eight because that was the moment everything was picked up and was just constantly going, which right. I thought was very interesting to hear. That because of how right. the se- earlier seasons would kind of be very slow. much slow and into the minutia.
1: Um, I can see if you're watching them back to back. I think like when you sa- when you have to sit with an episode for a week. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it gives you and like maybe rewatch it or you have to just sit with it. Uh, it gives you a lot of time to like think it through. Sit and, like, down and really, think it through. Really kind of dissect. Um, and plus the co- the conversations around it, right? So like, the con- like listening to the conversation every
0: week, like it really gets you in the minutia of it. Yeah, um, which is also. Um, so what did you think of the finale? Before that, we go into the finale thi- no, because you brought up a thing that the whole idea of having to sit on the episode. Right. We've discussed this, but I've also started to see it now with discussion around The Expanse because it's been picked up by Amazon. Sure. of Whether or not you think shows should be ever released on a weekly schedule when they're streaming or if they (sighs) should be on a monthly. I know we've talked about this briefly about The Mandalorian. Right. But it's just interesting how this idea keeps coming up of how one of the reasons why game of thrones was so important was the idea that you would discuss it afterwards right. like the the basically it was the social media equivalent of the water cooler on monday
1: right i mean i think culturally if you want a more of a cultural impact yes it's important to do week to week because again you create that conversation and it's something that collectively as a group we're all doing at the same time yeah whereas when something's released on netflix it may take i don't know a week or so for you to binge watch the entire thing right um now for me for something that i really love like so for the marvel netflix films or series right i've been i binge watch those like opening night yeah boom watch them through done and then i'll watch them again and again and again to like get the detail but again i think you i think you lose a lot of that detail when it's not when you're not sitting with an episode right um, and unless yeah. you're crazy or unless you're like a huge fan, you're not going to sit back and go watch them. And that's, and
0: again, that's one again. of the reasons why I'm on like the – especially for like Expanse or Mandalorian, why I'm on the weekly bandwagon right. because I want to be able to have those discussions with people. I want right. to sit there and be like, "Oh man, let's talk about the minutia of this one scene." Right? Because otherwise, the problem is, is if all the episodes are out. We have to sit there and be like, "Has this happened?" Ha- you watch Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Has, has this happened yet? When you, what you're watching? Oh no! Oh, don't forget I said. It. Like it just it immediately just sure. kind of dampers down the the conversation, and I sure. just I don't know. Just. Hearing that, I think, especially with Game of Thrones, I think the idea that we need to go back to like a weekly theme for some shows, not necessarily for everything, like your reality light shows that Netflix does now, sure. you could just just put them all out there. <laughs> but uh, something like Stranger Stranger Things, I wonder how it would go over if everyone was watching it a new episode at every week time, right? yeah. at the same time. I think it would actually. I but think I think, think, help,
1: I think but if we I think if we went back to that. Because a lot of shows don't do that, right? So Mm -hmm. if we went back to that, I feel like it would shift again. I think what made Game of Thrones special was because it was the one of the few shows, few shows that did did that. that. Yeah, I think if we do all of them back that way again, then everyone's watching something different, so you don't get the.
0: Yeah, I, would, like, I don't want to do it for, like, like I said, I wouldn't want to do it for everything. Right. And I think that everyone, I think it
1: has to be special. I think it has to be a cultural thing, right? So right. Like Game of Thrones is a great example. I think the Mandalorian could be. we have to see more, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: it's also, I think Clone Wars is one of those cases where I don't think they should do an episode at a time, but maybe an arc at a time, because they sure. tend to do an arc of two to three episodes. But I, I think we, I hope, especially since there's now more people in the streaming market, that there's going to be more playing around how you distribute. Sure. Because I, I think it's a worth it having. It's like, is this a show that we think people are gonna discuss, or is this a show we think people are gonna enjoy but they're not gonna talk about? Sure. And have that be kind of the guiding star. But we're getting off the topic of Game of Thrones. Uh finale it, thoughts, because you asked me I'll yeah, just what do you think? dive in. I I think my biggest thing, and I, I tweeted this out, or my biggest thought wasn't necessarily like my feelings about the episode but more like I'm sad that this is no longer a thing that we're discussing week to week so it's more like I am going to miss the ride I'm not necessarily entirely happy with how it ended I do think there was a lot of stuff that they could have should have done better my big argument is like if this had been season four or three of game of thrones the whole great council thing would have been an entire episode right and we all would have loved it yeah um
1: I, that was my favorite scene of the entire show. Because the my way, biggest of scene thing is
0: my biggest problem with like that scene in particular is Tyrion gives a Tyrion speech, which right. is great. But usually we've had like a lot of build up to it. It isn't like Tyrion gives a speech and then everyone's like, "Oh, okay." That's right. like never how it's been before. But it's all of a sudden how it right. is these seasons, right? Um, and I think you might have said this. I so I. I'm going to attribute it to you, so we're going there, is the idea that if this had been any other show shot in this particular way, we would all be talking about how great the show is, but because it's Game of Thrones and we're so used to the intrigue and the depth, that when it goes away, we're we're just feeling let down. It doesn't feel as good as it used to be. I mean, my thing... First
1: off, I love the finale. Mm -hmm. I think the finale... Again, I, I agree with you that it's it's fast and i agree with you that, that it could be done better but i love the like every beat in there and like i think that that episode could have been broken down to two episodes i would mm-hmm. like i just love the everything about that episode i love right maybe not the execution of it but like it's i love the the overall ideas that they brought in and the the, the way it ended i actually really enjoyed uh what i feel like happened and and Every time I've said this, like I, everyone goes like, okay, yeah, it totally makes sense. Of like, It feels like they had that meeting with George R. R. Martin, right? And they were like, he's like, here's how it ends. And they went, cool, let's write that first. And they wrote the ending out and they are like, this is great. How do we get from here to there? Which is
0: basically the entire problem George R. R. Martin has been having with the past few right. books. Which is, how do we get from here to there? Right. Like, they were not in like... It's- but I
1: feel like the beats at the end are fantastic. It's just the speed at which they got there really killed them and I feel like if this was a normal season or broken up into two seasons, I think would have been fantastic. Yeah, it's maybe two seasons would have been too long, but I mean I think that if this was a regular like ten to twelve episode season, I think that would have been if
0: they could have just sunk their teeth into it a right. little bit more. Yeah, like I, I
1: agree. Like I love the I love the uh like the count the council sequence was great, um, but I love the small the small council sequence too of like the like that the casual conversation stuff is absolutely fantastic uh of them sort of getting back to like normal
0: life though i'm still not sure why braun is on that council because <laughs> you need brothels man no actually i was talking about this with my uh, caitlin yesterday and she was like no no no! it's because he has high garden that's it, true it's like the, he like Tyrion needs him to a keep him close to make sure he doesn't try to kill Tyrion, right. and b high garden has all the food <laughs> it's right. like okay you know what I get why you need to keep Brown close, but I still think it's kind of odd that Braun is on the council. I think think Braun is,
1: like, a sneakily important character. I think, like, He's a lot more clever and shrewd than people give him credit for. I think like a lot of people think of him is, like the the bumbling kind of. Oh no,
0: it's like I think that as much as we all can complain about how he just randomly appears in the north and then like disappears again after he right. like, shoots that crossbow, Braun's whole thing is I'm never going to do anything that's going to get me killed. Right. He even flat out said that to Tyrion multiple times. It's yeah. the reason why the mountain was fought by. Um, uh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, But Pedro Pascal's character, it was the reason why it wasn't Braun is Braun is like, I'm going to die in that fight and I'm not going to die. And he's just like, I'm not going to pick sides. I know how this goes. Like if she loses, I might get killed. So it's like, yeah, I but no, I think it's just more we were so used to Game of Thrones being the show that was willing to let things just sit. simmer right. and sit. That when it switched from being no things are happening, everyone was still going. But I liked the simmerings, right? Like, the and it's I liked it, an and that's why everyone I think loved, for the most part, um, a Night of the Seven Kingdoms, when it's all just the characters talking oh, yeah. as they
1: wait for a battle. I would have, I would have watched that episode for two, three hours. Like, dude, oh, just God, just them sitting around the fireplace drinking was just. I could have watched that scene forever. Um, But again, like, it's just...
0: That's also, I think, the closest we've gotten these past two seasons to something we would have seen in an earlier season.
1: Right. And it's so interesting to think of how Game of Thrones changed people's mindset because I think if this was an earlier season, people would have loved this season. Right.
0: It's exactly the thing. is like...
1: and, And how many... Like, all of the criticism, a lot of the criticism of, like, the earlier seasons was, like... And it's changed now because everyone loves the older seasons now. But like a lot of criticism came for the earlier seasons of like it's too slow.
0: Yeah, right. It's slow. There's too many characters. I don't know exactly what's going right. on. When are things going to happen? But then I think what it was is the real. Because the big meme
1: was like, when is winter coming? Right. Yeah. Like, when well, like, is never
0: coming? Right. And um. But like once you people started to buy into it and follow yeah. it more, they they liked it. Yeah. Um, and I think that means. Again, it's the whole thing of if you could look at these in isolation right. as just, no, this is what the show had done, mm-hmm. and this is not attached to those earlier seasons. I don't think, I don't a think bad season. Yeah, I don't think the criticism would be as harsh. No. Um, it's I, I, something that I would come up with, like, God, it's been a decade now, almost, with uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. where prior... People would complain about like stuff in season three and season four, and it's like, you know, yeah, these aren't the best episodes of Battlestar Galactica, but Battlestar Galactica on a bad day tends to be better than most of the other stuff on TV. And I don't think think anyone spoiled. Yeah, we got spoiled, and I don't think anyone's quite been ready to admit that. Yeah, there are problems we have. Yeah, things around Danny could have been handled way better than they were. Right. But we can have complaints about that but we're it's this isn't the absolute piece of garbage that people are trying to make it out to be
1: right um so i actually don't think the Danny stuff was that
0: bad <laughs> i think <laughs> i think the big thing was i think it
1: was just again fast but i
0: think it I, was fast it, the fact that she had the switch i don't think is the pro- necessarily the problem i think it was they needed to do do better groundwork behind it
1: i think the groundwork was th- i think th- so to be fair, I didn't think the groundwork was there. I think the difference is the shift from, like, she went from like zero to sixty, and like, and so that's the problem. Yeah, where, it is
0: where we didn't get a ramp up. We right. went from zero to sixty. Like, just we know like she that, has these tendencies,
1: and we know that like she's pretty cruel. And she can be really cool, but
0: it's always in the past. Been to people who all been like, "Oh yeah, that guy deserves it."
1: Right, but like when you look back on it, you're like, the justification for it is always like they deserve it, where. I think, like, that's a very slippery slope because yeah. you can kind of just – you can kind of make the argument that Danny a lot acted of people deserve in,
0: You could argue – and this is kind of how I feel about it is Danny acted the way Danny always acts when she's confronted with a, an opponent. Right. It is it – It's like
1: slaughter the masses, right? Yeah, like, it's like my
0: opponent is going to be taken out. Like, right. But – I think the whole burning at King's Landing was a little... Over, like, basically, my thing was... She's got the bloodlust, man. She's got the bloodlust, but like have her just go straight at the Red Keep. Don't have her go through the streets burning everybody. Just go straight for the Red Keep. And then, to like to make it part of the Game of Thrones, I don't know what's going on. Is she really evil? You could have had her go to the Red Keep and then have all those pockets of wildfire that we did see go off in right. that episode. Have them start going off and have everyone be like, oh God, she's mad, she's crazy, she's burning everything, but have it actually be legit legitimate question of was it Danny or was it the wildfire but we also know that Danny has this tendency of burning her enemies right like to where it then then where everyone's not where you can't say oh yeah she flipped the switch where you're now questioning go wait are they where did she go I think if they left it more a Ambivalent, it would have played.
1: A I think the better. wildfire thing would have been a little too ambivalent because it could be just an accident, right? That's we're what like, I mean. Is it? Co- like, I think it would have been better if it was something where it's like she's burning the streets, but there's a lot of Lannister soldiers there. Just have to be like people. pure
0: Lannister soldiers, and then maybe wildfire. Like there should have been something to make it look more like she's not gone completely crazy, and I think that would have helped.
1: Right, but I I also think like given more time, I think it would. I think if there was more of a switch, right? I think mm-hmm. like you could have had that scene very easily if like there was more of a like everyone in Kingland, King's Landing is my enemy, like stuff like that, yeah. right? You had more stuff like that where it kind of plants the seeds. But again, I don't think the switch is bad. I don't think like I I think I think people calling for a remake are like vastly over it,
0: it's it's the whole last jedi remake thing again right it's just and like, like
1: it's like dude you might not have liked it it might not be the best thing but it's not terrible and doesn't need to be remade like it's yeah. not it's not offensively bad right like you need to stop
0: no it's i hate how that's become like the go-to thing yeah i'm gonna start a fan petition on on uh change.org so, the, so, the best was
1: i think sophie turner fucking called some people out it's great
0: like what did it. she say? I miss this.
1: Uh, it was either it was Sophie Turner or Mila. I can't remember who it was, but it was. I think it was Sophie Turner. It was basically like uh, this is embarrassing and like you, you got like uh, it's a it's a slap in the face to like everyone that worked on the season right. and like everyone and all the hard work that people put into it and all this stuff and like basically just called out all these people of like your guys are assholes and you guys need to stop. Well,
0: it's kind of like my whole thing when I when rumors were first going around that. Uh, uh, Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley had some issues with the Last Jedi story. First off, we later learned, learned that Daisy Ridley's issues with the story was she wasn't with Finn Right. because she had like a really good relationship with John Boyega. With John Boyega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Mark's were because he was like, "Man, this isn't like the Luke I remember." But at the end, he
1: did say that he ended up loving it at the end. Yeah. So. Well, not
0: only that, it's like having Amelia be Clark be uncomfortable with some of the parts of the character. It's like you're, you're supposed to characters be aren't always supposed to feel like there are some outright horrible people out there who probably think they're perfectly justified the fact that you're uncomfortable with what they are doing probably means you're better than your character is as a human being right Uh, but I but, I think like
1: the uncomfortability of it makes it kind of justifies it to me of like Oh, they're kicking this character in a different direction that, like, I actually kind of think is refreshing and I like. Yeah, right? like,
0: like when people complain about what they do with their character, it isn't necessarily always a valid piece of criticism. Right. It could literally be like, oh, I just wish I had done this instead of that. Right? Because no one wants to be the bad guy, right? No so one. No ever one wants to, no one one
1: wants to like ha- see this person that they've been with for ten Especially years, pretty like for yeah boys. a
0: show like Game of Thrones, where there's so many people who you who you are thinking are going to be set up for the throne, and she's been one of them. For the entire run of show, it's not going to be easy to discover that you get, again, spoilers for Game of Thrones, that you're going to get stabbed in the heart by the man you love while your dragon watches. Like, yeah, that's not necessarily going to be how you want your character to go out. Right. And But I remember, I think it was... Also, um,
1: there's... Shout-outs to the cinematography of this of this episode too, dude. Some of the scenes with Drogon are incredible.
0: I think my fa- one of my things, is I think it was New Yorker or Entertainment Weekly, someplace. I should find it uh, where Amelia Clark uh, talked about how frustrated she was with uh, Harrington because they apparently, and for if you've never worked in production before, more often than not, the production is going to hop pay and book all the flight and travel right. expenses. So they probably as part of like a time saving measure and a cost saving measure, they booked tickets for Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington to where they're sitting together on the same flight. She had read the scripts for the final season and he had not because he wanted to wait for the right. table read. And she's just like, I need to talk about right. this. Well dude, so did you get, have you seen did you watch the documentary? No, I haven't watched the documentary yet. I want to watch the documentary oh my God. but she made a comment that they basically <laughs> had created like a hand symbol As a means of like display, like just kind of silently discussing the scene, because apparently they had kept aspects of the final under wraps from even the crew. Like they were trying to keep it as secret as they could so they couldn't openly talk about it. So they had like a code symbol for when they were like really like just like not necessarily down but just like f- kind of like yeah. oh man I, I, just like, it, right? oh, I just need to like share and vent my frustration But so they had like a little signal that they could give each other when they're thinking about like an issue with the scene so they would know oh what she's talking about is actually yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah is the fact I'm gonna have to stab her sure. apparently the moment it happened Kit Harrington like in the table read I need to watch the documentary oh it's great he's just like oh
1: shit he, <laughs> no he literally they showed the whole thing right so like uh Clark sitting across the table and like uh, she was apparently the...
0: like she intentionally sat herself there to watch his reaction yeah so
1: she's watching him the whole time she's kind of sitting back and then so the screen and he on like hand to mouth first and like sits back and like looks around and then looks up with like kind of emotional yeah. right like looks up and she's kind of like staring <laughs> yeah. at him the
0: whole time it's great like I wanted to talk about this yeah, on the great. plane it's great so um, it's,
1: it's fantastic
0: I need to watch that documentary it's on my uh, to-do list yeah, it's great Um, but I one, oh. Going back to everything real quick. Shot One of the shots
1: of the show is Drogon taking off behind her with, with the, the wings. wings. Oh my A lot god. of people
0: were making fun of it.
1: I love that But scene. I,
0: It's just like it was one of those cases where I'm like, oh god, they're just... I could I I couldn't help but like it as it's much as this, man. as much as everyone's like oh man it's so on the nose I'm like yeah it is on the nose but, but you it's know so what? cool it's, it's just like I think Game of Thrones has earned being a little bit on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> like they are allowed it's the final episode. It's
1: so cool looking. Um love it.
0: But any other thoughts on Game of Thrones?
1: No. I, I- other than like I I liked it I just didn't like the maybe the road to get there yeah the liked, road to
0: get it. there was rough but I it's just I, I'm so glad we took the ride that's kind of how I feel right. about it right um and I can't wait until there's maybe, something maybe else if, maybe that if everyone to talk if, about maybe if I
1: watch these episodes in on like 1.5 speed or like 1.5 speed it'd be like a little better <laughs> yeah
0: it's James was it you who mentioned something to me about the idea of how would this feel if like you did a complete rewatch. yeah watching the show from season one yeah just like how would you feel like would this be like if you just did like a full on rewatch how would you think it would handle like the last two seasons right
1: I mean I don't know it's kind of hard and impossible at this point because I know right because I know what's happening and I know like I know what I'm looking for so I don't know I it's tough it's tough to say on. I just think I think this episode, this season needed to be a little slower but other than that I think like okay. I think the like to me it's it's the same way I feel at the prequels right where it's like I actually like the story of the prequels. I think the, like I think the scripts overall
0: on the prequels they needed a script doctor. Is script doctor and George <laughs> Lucas's initial original instinct to have someone else direct it? Yeah, it's like realizing that it's like oh, it's just no one wanted. Like they all were like didn't want to get step on his vision and right. or they were afraid of messing up Star Wars. And it's just like but, oh man, like, like, like imagine a, if Ron Howard had didn't like Episode One, right? But and, dude, like they brought it, in someone else to the thing do The, is, the draft. thing is like
1: the prequels. The beats and the ideas in the in the prequels are awesome. I actually re- like if you broke the
0: if, if you just had like the storylines just explained to you. it's yeah. it's like it's a very it's interesting, really it's, cool. The, it's the decline and fall of like a, of the Republic, right? And it's and it's a great.
1: I I think just again if if you, if someone had never seen the prequels and you sat them down and like really explained to them the prequels and like really went through every beat, they would be like, "Wow, it's so cool! Let's go watch it right now!" Right, and then they would watch and it, and watch it, and you're like. Eh.
0: The execution
1: was eh. Eh. right. Like that's how I feel about yeah. Game of Thrones. That's how I feel about this season.
0: I think that's an interesting way of taking it. Yeah. Yeah. um I guess that's our final thoughts on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but before we move on to, of course, the thing that we'll probably talk about forever uh and always, we'll talk about forever. Have you watched the Picard trailer? Yeah, I did. So- what are your hopes for Star Trek Picard? I don't. I'm going in with zero expectations. So I'm probably the one making the mistakes and having expectations. Okay. So what do you, what are your expectations? My it's more of a hope and I don't think they'll do this. Is it a new hope? All hopes are new hopes. Okay. Um but uh I don't think they'll do this because it goes almost a little too into Star Trek lore. Okay. But I kind of like one of my ideas, I
1: mean, they wanted into Picard, they might they might dive deep into the lore here but
0: it's not from next generation it's from deep space nine that i would want to draw from okay and because one of the things i would when they first said we're going back to star trek before they officially announced discovery as before and right. to, like the Kirk and all that right one of my hopes had been that they took a look at what happened to starfleet under the dominion war where it became incredibly more militarized sure. And had like a future Star Trek series kind of be more like, no, this isn't what Starfleet was supposed to be. Why like, just kind of almost as this
1: Let's get back like, to Let's get, get we to need to get back to
0: right? what we were and what we stood for, kind of almost as like a post-9-11 morality piece. Well, sure. even though that wouldn't have been like the exact direct results, you kind of have this big epic moat or sequence in Star Trek lore where there was a gigantic War that would have undoubtedly impacted how all of these young officers would have felt about Starfleet, sure. and could have driven Starfleet into a more militarized path. And I totally would have loved to have there be this moment where, like Jean-Luc Picard is like, "No, this isn't how it's supposed to be." And there's a part of me that kind of wants them to do that with Picard. I could see that.
1: I mean, it would be it would be great. Yeah. Uh, again, I just think I think that they could do this really, really right or really, really wrong. Yeah, and, and I, like,
0: I can see that being one of those things where they'd be afraid to be too alienating because as much as there's a lot of people in the Star Trek community who would say that the best Star Trek is Deep Space Nine, outside of the Star Trek community, most people don't know about it.
1: Right. So, uh, you know.
0: They're like, is this the one with Janeway? And you'd be like, no!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, it, it just depends, right? Like, have you been watching Discovery? No, I still it's, need to watch a Discovery. It's
0: fantastic. Uh,
1: and it has no right to be as good at as it is. Uh, and so I'm optimistic for Picard. It's just like, it's different taking all like a, a new crew and a new, a new story and new characters. And then like now doing an old character and like someone that people know and love and right. breathe and like, like the
0: moment they, br- I saw they were bringing in Spock. I'm like, Oh, yeah. this could go really bad.
1: I mean, they, they're they doing a good job of it. And like, I, D- discovery overall has been a great experience and like, I love watching it, but, uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for Picard cuz like I'm I'm trying not to have expectations and I'm like trying to stay away from as much as possible. It's just a matter of they could go really right and I hope that they go right cuz it could be really cool if they do yeah. something with that and like discovery and like sort of the way that they're the building out this newer Star Trek kind of um slate that they're having but
0: Yeah, I do like cuz I think I got the sense like in the trailer like he shows up at Starfleet and the person yeah. just like has no clue who he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting take, yeah. I think, because he's obviously not Captain Picard, right? Or Admiral Picard. Apparently, he did get a promotion at some point. <laughs> um, he ignored Kirk's advice in generations to never <laughs> leave the captain's chair. Became an admiral, silly Picard. Yeah, no, that's one that's gonna be interesting. That they haven't announced dates yet, and I'm just sitting there going. Man, I really don't want to add another streaming service, but <laughs> right. hope, like it might be one where I just sign up for a trial and like binge, just to see how I feel when the season two inevitably comes out. Right. But that's I think it for TV. Um, what well, uh, nothing. Um, let's move on to Star Wars. So a couple, but some of these scenes were announced and we were going to discuss them a couple weeks ago but sure. we haven't we uh, can blow through them real quick we can blow through them real quick because there was one that did come out after these this okay. bit of news that i do think we should Rest discuss fire. so the rapid fire is we do have uh, announcements updates for the next star wars series right we do know that it's also the one being directed and written by uh benioff, benioff weiss. And weiss who just got off game of thrones um, which of course led to some people go, hmm, I wonder if they sped up Game of Thrones because they wanted to switch to Star Wars. You never know. You never know.
1: Things go behind the scenes. Um, there's the, also rumors that the Russos could be working with them on that. But those, there's like, a lot of
0: rumors going around. There's
1: like pretty. The Russos and Star Wars are like pretty highly rumored to be working on something together. Well,
0: it's also been one of those scenes where they basically hinted at some place they'd like to explore, right. but they also weren't going to do anything until after Endgame. Now that's. Officially right. passed.
1: I but but I, I couldn't imagine them wanting to go directly to Star Wars. After I I can't imagine them either. Like, like absolute insanity.
0: Like I could see them kind of doing how like Joss Whedon as a palate cleanser made that really really tiny independent. I mean they're doing a, they're
1: doing a movie a smaller film I forget what it's called. Yeah,
0: because um, like after Avengers, like as a like basically as like a mental palate cleanser, Joss Whedon did uh, a mid, I forget if which Shakespeare. Summer Night's Dream Summer Night's Dream it's, Night's Dream. it's um, but he did basically a black and white Shakespeare fil- film right. over like a period of like four days just because he's like I need to do something small <laughs> right. um, and I can see the Russo's kind of being in the same boat where it's like hey we kind of want to do something without green screens right? Um, but though that was kind of the big thing but then BuzzFeed of all places broke the news that apparently Lucasfilm has hired someone to write at least the starts of a Knights of the Old Republic right. screenplay. And I think that, because when they announced the dates for Star Wars, I felt like we were all waiting for another shoe to drop, because it looks like every other year they've switched it up between Star Wars and Avatar. Right. And they've already said that they don't think, like Kathleen Kennedy has said, that they're, the idea of doing an MCU-style universe for Star Wars doesn't seem to be working. Right. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I get why they went that way. Right. Um, so for me, part of my whole idea of waiting for the other shoe to drop is we also know Ryan Johnson's working on something. We have Benioff and Weiss have been. People need to,
1: people need to stop thinking that that's canceled. By the way, because it's it's not, not
0: canceled. Um. Lucasfilm has flat out said the only things that have been canceled, quote unquote, were projects that had never been officially announced or greenlit, but only rumored. Right. So there have been no, that Ryan Johnson's still working. So that's what I mean by the other shoe about to drop is I don't see Lucasfilm or Disney only doing three Star Wars films every other year right. between, what is it? It's 2021, 2023, and 2025. Right. I don't see it. No. I just don't see it. I'm wondering if, first off, to go really into box office nerd stuff, Avatar needs a December release; otherwise, it's going to get clobbered in right. the domestic market. Um, it also needs that. Also, long I'm worried.
1: I'm worried about Avatar three, four, right, five, six. Avatar two will probably do okay, but I wonder how many people are going to go see Avatar two and think. Wow, this is worse than I thought it was going to be, or like this doesn't live up to my expectations, or like Avatar Two hey,
0: needs to pull off an Empire Strikes Back,
1: right? If they don't, then that whole franchise dies. Yeah, so
0: it, it's it's kind of, one of those scenes where the everyone talks about Avatar to joke about how no one cares about Avatar. Right. Which I've heard some people be like, no, that means people care. I'm like, no, no, it's because we never like.
1: No one ever cared. It, it rode Com- it rode the, the the 3D bandwagon like it right. really rode it that. Brought, it it
0: ride right, It made the 3D bandwagon right, but
1: but like uh, that's the only reason why it, it has the numbers it does.
0: And my explanation too for like saying that people don't care is the first year after it had come out, I saw two Avatar cosplays at Comic Con. Someone went as a Navi, and someone had actually made one of like the. Or the Mexico. The Mexico. Oh, that's which cool which was really cool. Nah, nothing the next year. Mm-hmm. Nothing the year after that. It was just like it was done. Yeah. Um so I don't I I all, I know Disney has some like they obviously care about how this will do because they've done like the World of Pandora at Disney World. But I wonder how much of that is them holding dates and them just going to fill in Star Wars instead.
1: Sure, I can see well, that I, I can
0: see that being the case because as big as Avatar was, I don't, at least in the domestic market, I don't see it succeeding unless everyone is blown away, like completely blown away by not just the visuals but the story. Yeah, I don't think it has a shot in hell and the fact that they are slating it at the big December release... Like, I, I think they, I think after the Mary Poppins, Failure, and then the fact that they should have put Solo there instead. Yeah. I'm wondering how much of Disney putting it there is them knowing that they kind of need to put Avatar in a December release. Yeah. Because it needs to have the ability to have long legs, but I don't know if it's the franchise that they're hoping it will be. No. So I, I feel like, especially with this Old Republic news and the fact that we haven't heard anything about Ryan Johnson, but we know he said that he's going to be working on it after he finishes Knives Out, which is out in November. hmm I don't I don't think everyone's saying, Oh, we're only getting three films. I think we're going to be proven wrong soon. Also, on top of that, there was no celebration after Last Jedi. There is a celebration next year in Anaheim. I'm expecting us to hear more then. Yeah. I would not be surprised I think they, at I think all they if pull, we get up do a, I then. think they
1: do a a, a MCU Ken Feige like you know, remember for Phase Three, where he came here on stage like randomly on like a Thursday and was like, "Hey, here's here's our next slate of films for the next yeah. whatever." I think we get that like a Kathleen Kelly Kennedy on stage, like, "Here's our plan for the next ten years of Star and Wars." And if there's right. anything
0: that's going to be moved by Disney on those future slates, it's, it's Avatar. Avatar. So I I kind of feel like they're holding that date because they want the date, not because it's necessarily going to be that's when the film is released, right? And from everything we hear about the production behind Avatar, like, they're still. I don't think they even have scripts for four and five yet. It's. I'm
1: surprised they have scripts for three.
0: It's. I think no, the, the reason why we know they have scripts for three is that they're shooting it.
1: No, I know. But I'm just. I'm surprised that, like. Personally, I don't see. I don't know. I know James Cameron, and I know, like, he's a very intelligent filmmaker and i think he gets like i think he gets unfairly criticized because i think like he is a good director and i think he is like a visionary guy uh he just runs his mouth and like says some dumb things but like whatever he's he's smart and he's intelligent i think he's a good filmmaker but uh i don't know why or how you're gonna turn this into a franchise that people care about like no like no one asked for this no one wanted this And I know it made a lot of money, so like that means like, oh yeah, people want it. No, well, it's the same
0: problem I think Disney had with um, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, when Alice in Wonderland came out, it made a ridiculous amount of money at the box office, and no one sat there and. Really, it's almost like Disney didn't think about the fact that like half of its gross was inflated by 3D tickets because that was so soon after Avatar, everyone was still on the 3D bandwagon. That
1: and plus it was a visually stunning film, by
0: the way. That they somehow thought, oh, hey, we could do a sequel, and the sequel
1: bombed. Yeah, it's it's real bad. So and the sequel also came out like years after the.
0: An avatar is like that, but worse. Yeah. It is just like I, I feel I wonder how much of this is Disney keeping it on the slate because it was on Fox's slate. And that they've already put Fox had already put so much money into it, there's no point in not finishing two and three. Sure. But there's always been talk around how four and five have never really been officially kind of sort of greenlit. Right. And I, I I've honestly was saw that calendar and it was just like, I don't see where Star Wars fits. You're not gonna do Star Wars in May. They learned their lesson after solo. Yeah. They are not gonna do a Star Wars six months after another Star Wars. They're gonna wanna do it another year, but there's an Avatar there. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna leave Avatar alone and move Star Wars uh, like to November? No, I like you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna have one cannibalize the other. And if there's anyone that you think is gonna fail, you're gonna so you're gonna shift to try to do anything with it's Avatar. So Yeah, I, I the other shoes is we go, we're gonna there are gonna be shoes dropping everywhere.
1: I want Benioff and Wise to write an Obi-Wan trilogy starring Ewan McGregor.
0: Well, there's the rumors that it's coming out. There's going to be an Obi-Wan series coming I to know. Disney+. Plus.
1: But I want the Obi-Wan trilogy with Benioff and Wise writing it. That's what I want. All I want.
0: Three movies, all six hours long. I want... I and want, it's just him in the hut the entire time yeah. cleaning his lightsaber. And I want...
1: <laughs> hey hey uh, and i want, keep your mind clean i want i want that i want that darth maul sequence where darth maul shows up on tatooine to talk to obi-wan oh so but we can I get want,
0: ezra in real life yeah
1: but i want but i want i want i want that fireplace scene to be like two hours of the film <laughs> i want them to you just know, them just
0: staring at each other back <laughs> and forth t- for two hours
1: well you know what it could be really cool if they stare at each other and then it flashes back to like different sequences yeah like between the stairs it's just flashbacks so like it's it's like two hours of flashbacks <laughs>
0: it's just two hours of flashbacks it's two hours of staring intently at your enemy yeah
1: and then like and then the fight's over in ten seconds and then it cuts to black as soon as Darth Maul dies
0: uh, tell me is he the chosen one <laughs> god I love that scene um that's all I love. But, yeah, no, but I guess the interesting thing, too, is we've talked about this. We're now actually seeing solid rumors about Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. So. I want it. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm curious, and, like, I'm surprised, or we still don't know for sure if Benioff and Wise aren't the ones doing it, but they would be good writers to put on a show,
0: especially since they've just come off one that has like bigger characters and epic right. moments. It, it it's it's in the real wheelhouse, right? It, it fits. So there's a part of me that kind of thinks that they are probably doing Nights at the Old Republic, right. and that they probably brought in another screenwriter to help write it. Is my guess.
1: And if the rumors are also true, the Russos are the perfect person, people to shoot that movie. Uh, again, like I'm curious how deep in the in the Old Republic lore are they going? Are they going Satil Sean? Well, are they the going like?
0: Interesting is that we know that uh, Dave Filoni is a fan of right. uh, older Republic stuff. I've gotten the impression that uh, Pablo Hidalgo is also a fan right. of the Knights of the World Republic stuff. And it's just that they – a lot of the stuff that has happened in Knights of the World Republic doesn't really fit with how the lore has been established, especially recently. Sure. So it's going to have to be reworked. But – obviously Lucas, there's fans within Lucasfilm. I think it's...
1: Well, it obviously has to be reworked, but I think, like, they can't stray too far from, like, these characters that we know and have been kind of brought yeah. through the
0: No, everyone years. is sitting there going, oh, man, I want Keanu Reeves as Revan. Ooh, I want that, too. Uh, you, you know how I many mock up? Like, the moment this news broke, I, I swear, R-Star Wars was immediately... Someone within, like, five minutes is like, here's Keanu Reeves as Revan. <laughs>
1: He, uh, With
0: like two lightsabers and like the this whole new, this and news everything. came out,
1: I think last night or this morning, Keanu Reeves talking about it. Uh, it Poorly in talks for an Eternals role, so like he he that's and like I've talked about this before, and you know I think people underplay it, but like dude, Disney relationships, man. <laughs> like as soon as Disney signs you to one thing, you have you have very high likelihood of being in something else. Yeah. So like if he signs a a deal to do Eternals and and um we working with Marvel like I could very easily see him transitioning to I could see a Star him Wars
0: totally thing. doing Revan. Yeah. I it's I'm excited by that idea.
1: Yeah.
0: Who knows? But I'm excited by the idea. Yeah. it's um, a good concept. But moving on to Wonder. the other big Star Wars thing cuz apparently this podcast really should just be called Logan and Chris talk about stuff but mostly Star Wars. Right. Um Galaxy's Edge opened and I know you we're immediately trying to like find out everything you can. Oh, so I
1: know, I know everything.
0: <laughs> I immediately. I
1: could tell you prices of everything in the stores. I
0: immediately. I was seeing people sharing pictures. I'm like, I don't want to see it until I'm there. Yeah, like I'm kind of in this oh, it's weird, real bad. weird spoiler mode because we have friends who have already gone. Right. I follow a ton of like Lucasfilm people on Twitter, so I'm <laughs> seeing pictures from them. I'm just like, it's just like everyone is going and I'm like I'm not going till October guys
1: right so obviously like I could go now like uh, I could just take a weekend and like you could probably just take a weekend and go now uh, but I don't think our our experience would be the best it could be because of the how crowded it is. It's crowded,
0: and, like, and you're on that time limit. Yeah, and I just kind of want to go and sit.
1: Yeah, and like take my time, and like I really want to go and experience it. So it's not a matter of us not being dedicated fans and not being like.
0: It's into because it. we're it's, so dedicated, we don't want to be kicked out after four hours. Right. Well, <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Is that four hours for well, us won't be enough?
1: And then plus the thing too is like Rise of Resistance isn't open yet, and I feel like without rise of the resistance ever that some of the other stuff they have going on later in the year that like, I don't know if I could spend a whole day there without like at least getting a little bored or like, you know, not bored, bored is the wrong word, but like without like Disneyland is there's so much stuff at Disneyland where it's like, right. I could go do something else right now instead of like walking around this walking store. Walking
0: around. Where, Cause it, like the sense I get is it's like mostly a lot of shops.
1: Yeah. So there's about six shops, uh, the only... There's, like, four attractions. So, there's Rise of Resistance. There's Smuggler's Run. There's Sydney's Workshop. And there's the Droid Factory. Um, and then there's, like, shops. And uh, there's three restaurants. There's carts uh, with, you know, various goods and snacks and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a lot of, like, photo op opportunities, right? So, there's about three or four yeah. photo op opportunities, I think, uh, scattered across. And, like, it's funny, too, because I... So, I grew up on Disney, and I have... I know Disneyland like the back of my hand, and like I'm one of those kids that just kind of – I know the route, right? Like, yeah. I understand, like, okay, you get there in the morning, you run this way, you get the fast pass, you go this way. Yeah, I I have a Disney plan mapped out in my head, right? So I, I just kind of intuitively know Disneyland as a layout. And so it's funny seeing the map to Galaxy's Edge when it came out because I understood immediately sort of what would be a problem area and sort of what – like, where they're forcing you. So, like, because the way Disney plans things out, like, they, they're smart people, right? So, they, yeah. um, like, the way that the the roads are planned out or the way that, like, the attractions are placed and the way things are are sort of spaced, like, they want to force you towards areas and they want to, like, force you to go off the beaten path and, like, mm-hmm. to take scenery and stuff like that because they don't want the lines too long. So they want you right. to, like, take time. And so, like, the, there's always an attraction. Uh, there's always, like, Before you get to an attraction, there's always some kind of photo op or like a store or something else, right? The difference with Galaxy's Edge, which is really different from the rest of the lands. So, uh, you've never been to Disneyland, right? Or you have, like, a long time ago, right?
0: It's been over a decade.
1: So, the way Disney works, like, so for Tomorrowland or for Adventureland or a lot of the other lands, there's always, like, shops right after rides or right before rides. and so it makes it so that, you know, while you're waiting for a line or like, hey, before I get in line, let me go to a shop. Or like, hey, after I get out of a line, before I head to the next attraction, let me go to a shop, right? And so they, they kind of like want you to take a detour so you're not just heading straight from line to line to line to line to line. They but want Gal- to break I'm they want to break up that experience.
0: Galaxy's edges since they're trying to make it feel more like it's a town, it's, right? There's doesn't a, do that. So
1: there's a marketplace. Yeah. So all of the shops and the, the shops and uh, Denor's... Uh, shop of antiquities which is where they're selling the lightsabers and like a lot of the uh, sort of like knickknacks and sort of souvenir stuff Uh, and Savi's workshop and the droid factory are all in one space one space yeah Uh, and so it makes that area at least from pictures and videos that I've seen extremely congested and because people are just there to shop and then it makes it so that the like I saw some one of my friends posted that it was a half hour wait to ride uh, smugglers run
0: really i yeah. would have figured it was longer but well, that's not with,
1: bad with fast pass and stuff like that right ah. so it's like so way Fast works work is like you grab a thing it's like come back at your scheduled time whatever and then you, there's a faster line that, the smaller line right so it took a half hour to get through got to smugglers run and it took him four hours to get through sabi's workshop to make a lightsaber Oof. right because everyone's near those shops yeah. everyone wants the merch and like everyone like the merch and the food and stuff like that and like the stuff the experiential stuff not the rides, but the experiential stuff is all congregated. because into everyone one wants space, to yeah, experience right. it. Right. Yeah. So like the droid factory is right next to Sabi's workshop where the lightsabers are made, right? So like those lines are right next to each other, so it's it's congested, it's cramped, it's whatever. And the thing is that all the so it's I don't think the best way to explain it. The when you first walk in, if you're walking in, okay, Disney people know. If you walk in through the Fantasyland side, the of where, it's where Toontown used to be. So it's in the top or left-hand corner of, of the park. So if you're walking through Fantasyland side, the you walk right into the, I'll call it the marketplace, the bazaar, right? Yeah. You walk into that. That's the space you walk into. So that's like, the first funnel is into that store where you're going to be eating for the next couple of hours while you look around these shops. Yeah, And all the shops are full of, like, props and antiquities and, like, yeah. things that you want to look on the wall. That You know, there's a whole, I think Dendar's Shop of Antiquities, you go up a staircase and there's like uh, stuff you can't buy, but it's just like interactive, like, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? Um, interactive things on the wall or like, you know, things to look at, right? So you go there and then you keep walking and then there's the big Millennium Falcon where Smuggler's Run is and then there's also like an X-Wing and like things to take photos with outside of the marketplace. So you have to go pretty far away from the marketplace to like Get do anything, to do anything that's anything, not right? that in
0: the market, right?
1: So if you go through the Adventureland side, that's where you'll hit, you'll hit all that stuff first. I think that's where they want you to go, but people make a beeline straight for Galaxy's Edge most of the time or at least I would assume so. So you enter straight through that So basically, they, like, right? they
0: want you to go one way, but everything else in the well, layout like, is going to push you in right. the other. Right,
1: so like it seems like their plan was, oh, here, you'll go through all the photo ops, blah, 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 photo ops, then you go to hit Smuggler's Run, and they will turn back around and like, hit the shops last as you're tired, so you want to kind of run through it.
0: Without realizing right. that all the Star Wars fans could, or who are going for Galaxy's Edge, are going less. just for Galaxy's right. Edge. Right, so,
1: like, so now they're just funneling through the, what, I'd assume Disney wanted to be the exit, so they're funneling through that area and so now with all the energy and bravado, you're not going through the photo op section, you're going through the marketplace section. So that area just becomes very cramped and so like instead of now blazing through this section because you're tired, you're now full of energy here and then blazing through this like slower sections, right? So, okay. so at least from what I've seen so far, right? This is just like speculatory. But, but I also wonder how I've much seen, of it is
0: the idea that everyone is going right now is going just just for that. Galaxy's Edge,
1: right? Like, dude, if you ever want to go, if you want to go to Disneyland next week, now's the time. We should go to Disneyland and explore everything else that's not yeah, everything Galaxy's that's Edge. not Galaxy's Edge because it's it's probably dead.
0: <laughs> uh, probably right. If you want to go, man, totally down. Let's do this. But no, I. Uh, because our friends Kelly and Charles did go. Yeah. And Charles immediately, was like, to me, he was like, You're going to cry. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I know. I've known since they've announced this that oh, I'm yeah. going to see the Millennium Falcon and I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Like,
1: it's it's going to be great. Uh, I'm excited to go. I really want to go. It's like every fiber of my being t- telling me not to go. But like, I understand that my experience is going to be better if I wait. So, like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not That's go. that's
0: kind of how I am too, where it's like like I said, I'm trying to not like look at all the pictures or watch all the video because I want to be able to like right. experience it on my own. But there's also a part of me that really just as much as I just wanna up and go right now, I'm also am like, I and want the thing I is, like, want to go. The thing is that's that's is like we could go we could go thing is, we live so close and we like it's we could go we could go there's literally nothing stopping us but ourselves and it's just but
1: we understand that the experience will be better
0: yeah like or we're hoping the experience will be better if you wait really i don't know i I think because we've talked about like going in fall right and it's just like going in fall all the kids are in school no one's really on vacation Hopefully that means that the crowds are quiet enough yeah. that we can have like a decent, on, like a weekday. We can have and a and again, decent I hope experience. I hope Rise of
1: Resistance is open by the yeah. time we go because again, like I've heard that the the experience of it is fantastic, but like the actual things to do, you run out of things to do pretty quickly um, in Galaxy's Edge. So I'm hoping that that it, it opens up.
0: Yeah, because as much as there's like the whole thing about oh, there's not not much to do. I, the ability to basically do it, it's like whole it's Westworld with Star Wars right. the ability to have that is just like well, if you told are you, are you gonna, if you told 11 uh, year old me that I could basically go to a theme park that was like no 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 you're in Star Wars yeah. I would never want to leave if would, you told 31 are, year old me the same thing I also never want are to Are you going to
1: buy a costume and then change in the bathroom and then kind of walk don't around. they have
0: rules against that?
1: You can do that People, yeah, because I remember hearing that. that
0: they were trying to like restrict. or talking about restricting, co- like, because they already have rules against costumes at Disneyland. Uh, you can't wear full masked costumes. Yeah,
1: but you can. You can wear a Gal- like if you go to Galaxy's Edge, you can go to the bathroom. You can change in the bathroom, and then I wonder yeah. if I can get me some Kenobi armor. You can't get Kenobi armor. No, they Damn. don't have that. But the prices actually aren't too bad, from what I from from what I've seen so far. And like, of course, there's more to come out, and like, they could release really something like crazy expensive. But like the the armors are expensive. Like, they have uh, First Order armor that is – there's, like, Stormtrooper First Order armor, armor that's, like, $6,000, which really <sighs> – you could make Stormtrooper armor that'd be more accurate with the First What's Order.
0: What's the name of that company that does it? – it's not Axios. Or is it Axios? I
1: forget. But like, There's we,
0: a company that will make custom stuff, and that's about as much as it costs cost to get the custom-made yeah, stuff but, by I mean, a you third could, party.
1: But you could just you – could, you could literally do uh, – uh, like your own custom stormtrooper armor for like a grand, two grand. Yeah. Like easy. And it'd be probably better and more accurate. Like, you know, whatever. It's it, like, it's <laughs> like,
0: like Filoni said that they're the, um, when they brought in first people to be background extras. Yeah. As stormtroopers, more in accurate they have more accurate armor than we do. <laughs> yeah. And like <laughs> the thing is,
1: like the resources are there. I could see if it was something that's hard to make and something that wasn't very much like hard to, like, was something that like you didn't have a lot of resources for, but, like, dude, 504 has so many resources. You can make... They have so many tutorials and so many people that would help you out and, like, so many questions you can ask. And, like, they... Again, they have so many resources you can do to, to make accurate stone like, Trooper armor. Yeah. Where it's, like, six grand is not worth that money. But, like, the... Uh, Dendor's... Dendor's... Uh, uh, Antiquities, the lightsabers that they have, the legacy ones, so, like, the Ray lightsaber. I think you can get both Ahsoka Tano's lifesavers, like so, it's a two pack, right? For two hundred, for two hundred dollars, uh, the regular like Graflex lightsaber, raised lightsaber is like one hundred nine dollars. Like, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, for especially for what you're getting, right? Like, it's not it's not bad. Like, of course, every relatively speaking, everything's expensive, but I mean, <laughs> for what you're getting, it's
0: inexpensive in the sense yeah. that it's Disneyland. Yeah,
1: like like a Jedi, like a authentic Jedi robe is like eighty bucks or something like Oof. that.
0: Because like, we talked about how, because yeah. we're totally, celebration next right. year in Anaheim, it's, after missing the last Anaheim celebration, I'm not doing that again. Right. Um, Kind of would like to go in, like, Clone Wars era Kenobi oh, armor. Yeah. Totally I would love you. to do that. 80 bucks for a robe, so I don't have to make it myself. I'm very tempted.
1: Right. Like, the tunic, I think, is 60 bucks. The belt, I think, it's a full leather belt with yeah. a lightsaber, uh... But, hooks and stuff like that and like all the all the greedleys whatever it's just 50 bucks all this stuff isn't bad extra kyber crystals for your custom lightsaber that you make at Shop, just so you it's can get all the bucks. holocrons yeah, yeah no
0: exactly holocrons
1: 50 bucks Like it, again it's these prices are expensive but they're not for what you're getting and for the experience you're having it's actually not that bad yeah I expected them to be like 100 bucks Like
0: I know I like some of be, the stuff that I was expecting to be like more expensive what little bit I've seen in terms yeah. of costs I've been like oh that's lower than I thought yeah um food is still expensive food food is right in
1: line with food is right in line with the rest of disney so it's not like eating at galaxy's edge is going to cost you more than eating at like one of the other lands so that's cool too
0: yeah it's can't wait to go i it's one of those things where i know i'm going in the fall i really also want to go as crazy as it will be i want to go to galaxy's edge when around the time celebration oh my god because i uh, wonder if they'll reinstitute. I bet they again. will like hey for this weekend we're taking reservations again because it's going to be crazy because I would like to do it not necessarily while celebration is happening but like before or after I think would be amazing because it's going to be Star Wars fans everywhere yeah. well it's already going to be Star Wars fans everywhere but it's going to be like everyone there is going to be rabid right. <laughs> Star Wars fans and it's going to be great Um, but no it's jealous of everyone who's already gone yeah <laughs> well, I uh, very much am no, uh for my birthday, Kelly and Charles to get me like a TIE Fighter that I think is exclusive to that's cool. Galaxy's Edge. James, is it over there? What? The TIE Fighter. Like I don't I remember I grabbed it but I don't remember where I put it.
1: That's super cool.
0: Yeah, they got me a first order TIE Fighter that I oh, I think man. it's exclusive to Galaxy's Edge, so I have a Galaxy's Edge thing, but even though I haven't gone thing. yet. Oh man, that's so cool.
1: Does the top open? Oh it does. Yeah. Oh. And there's also so
0: cool. a button. On the bottom, that, if you hit it... (laughs) That's so cool! (laughs) I'm into this. Uh, No, it's...
1: But yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I know. I was like, and they won my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, great. But, yeah, I think... It's one of those things where, like, everything we're going to be hearing about Galaxy's Edge is just going to...
1: Yeah. And, like, part of me me is sad that I know so much about it already, but part of me is also, like, you know what, I... Especially since of so all
0: the stuff that's coming out is, like, the shop info. Yeah, It's like,
1: less of a... To me, like, knowing prices and stuff like that is sort of... Helps me with my expectations of what to It's going to be one of those I'm, things I'm going
0: to step into inevitably at some point. Once it quiets down and I can just find like so- price information without seeing all the videos and all the right. photos. And right, yeah, I right. can just get like how much is everything. That would be great because then I can sit down and be like, well, I want to get this, this, and this. And I, and I can yeah, budget can accordingly. Out, right? And like the thing um, that's kind of
1: cool too is it's like I I watched the whole Sabi's workshop. Uh, like the lightsaber build, so I've, I I understand how it works, and I've watched the whole presentation, and like it, it's about fifteen to twenty minutes of like presentation and fan, like fanfare, and like there's a whole yeah like, you know there, like it's a it's an they wanting to right? make it a moment yeah right. So I've watched that entire thing, so I understand, I know the script, I know what I know what's going to be said, and I know I know I know how it works.
0: I'm just going to be like, Whoa. no, I know. <laughs> just tell me the price. No, I'm not
1: I'm not going to tell you about it, but like <laughs> part of me is like, I wish I hadn't done that. But like the other part of me is like it's gonna be different when I'm there, yeah, and experience it. And it's and it's to me it makes me more emotional to like under, like I'm not gonna be
0: like i have seen all the photos of the Falcon and it's less of a oh man this is gonna ruin my moment. Yeah. I know I'm gonna have that moment yeah. Or I'm gonna be the I, grown a, man. It's the thing of like when crying. I'm
1: when I'm standing there and I'm making the lightsaber, or and then when they when they do all the all the ceremonial stuff and like when we're sitting in front of the Falcon, like it's gonna be a different thing for me. To me, right now, it's just making me more excited to go.
0: Well, it was uh, like, because when we first were texting back and forth, because there's now like a good chance that we are going to both go at the same time, right. uh, I was like, I I think I need a better fo- uh, camera so I ha- or better phone so I have a better camera. That's what the GoPro's for, dog. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wear
1: the GoPro the whole time.
0: GoPro the entire time. Well, we'll throw the footage <laughs> up. There we go. It's It'll be like a little uh, extra.
1: I will say though, after watching a lot of, I've watched maybe 30 to 40 uh, people do Smuggler's Run because I've, I've also watched Smuggler's Run. So I understand how that ride works. Uh, Please go with six people because if you go with a mixed group, you're not going to have as fun of a time, I will say.
0: Yeah. I think from what Kelly and Charles told me, they were a group of four, I think. So they had two extra people. Uh But it sounds like as long as you keep up the communication, it's – as long as you are A, go in with the intent to have a good time and B – Make sure to have like good communication with the right. people you don't know. It's still fine, right?
1: But I will say that, yeah, a lot of times I, I you cannot you days. cannot guarantee that that's going to happen. So a lot of so sometimes if you wait like two hours to go on Smuggler's Run and you get
0: paired with a bunch of Randas that you do not like. That's I think Comic Con rules here need to apply. Talk to the people in line. You're going to be waiting with them for a while. Yeah. Talk with them because if they if they might be your co-pilot or your your, your engineer gunner. or
1: your gunner. So yeah, you please just talk. Just,
0: it's also you're at Galaxy's Edge, especially right now. The odds are you have something in common with that person, <laughs> even if it's just Star Wars. Right. And that's one of the things. It just are- it's just going to suck if you if it's if it's me and you, right.
1: And we go on there, and then it's, a it's like, a group of, like, a mom and her three four-year-old kids. Oh, God. Like, you know, like I, as much as I love my daughter, like, I, I'm not taking her to Galaxy's Edge the first time, right? I'm taking her later on because I want to experience it first. And plus, I kind of want to test the water so I understand how the the flow how of How she the, will
0: handle it, too. Right.
1: Well, because it's the thing of, like, again, if it's cramped in one area, I understand it's going to be cramped in that area. And so now I can take a different route.
0: Yeah. And so I like to...
1: Again, I'm a Disney person. I like to plan out and understand the layout of the land before I like take an, an unknown variable to the to the <laughs> you know, to the park. Kids are kids are easily lost in Disneyland. Okay, oh. there's a lot of kids, and my daughter is not the most behaved person in the world. <laughs> she's very energetic and she's very excited, and so like you
0: know, oh man, she must. You were taking her to Disneyland already, right? No, I have
1: not. Oh, okay. No, no, no. And and the thing is, like, I told Jenny this, too, because we're – so for Jenny's work, she gets uh, – they have, like, an employee night where they rent yeah. out Disneyland, and so they keep it park open later, and they kick everyone out after, like, six, seven, 7 o'clock or whatever. So it's – for about six to eight hours, it's just employees. So you really get on rides very, very quickly, and there's no wait in the line. And so that's where – usually when we go, because, you know, that's the – best time for us to go time, right
0: yeah.
1: um and so that jenny wants that to be her first time going to disneyland this upcoming it's in january all the time so this upcoming january so she'll be almost four um and i told her we'll have to see because of her height and jenny said well she can enjoy a lot of the other rides and the thing is that i mean you've met my daughter and like she's very headstrong and she's yeah. very much uh her own individual person and she's very Uh, brave and very much like wants to do everything that we do i don't think
0: she's gonna really be happy with the height restriction
1: right and so i told jenny i was like we have to wait till she's a little taller and she can write everything because i don't want her to point at something get excited and then i have to tell her that she can't write it because she's not tall enough right like i don't want that to be a problem for her Especially her first experience at Disneyland. Right, right. I don't you want don't that want to that
0: to be the memory that sticks.
1: Right, so, you know, I want I want her to have a good one. So we're, we're probably going to hold off on that until maybe the next year. Maybe until she, when she's five. But, I don't know. A little bit of a side story, but...
0: Yeah, no, you know, it's... yeah, I I'm think
1: excited. And plus it gets her time to watch Star Wars.
0: Yeah, because she's, she's only watched bits of it, right?
1: Yeah, she's only watched bits of it, and I don't think she's really kind of grasps the concept of them. I mean, she's she'll sit through like a cartoon and stuff like that, and she'll sit through some movies, but like it just doesn't. You don't know if it's sticking right. Like, yeah. okay, some movies I know she sticks. So she sits there, she stares at it the whole time, she makes jokes the whole time. But I mean, whatever. But some things she kind of wanders around. And she sees in the background, but who knows? Yeah.
0: But anyway, yeah, Galaxy's Edge, can't wait. Uh, very excited, very excited. Anything else you want to throw out there? No Star Wars. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, James, I think we're gonna wrap this thing up. Uh we will be back sometime soon with more carmen san diego yes I'm I, so
1: sad I missed that. How was that by the way it was
0: fun <laughs> uh especially since um the version we f- or version I found isn't the exact same version i played as a kid so there's like an extra little game in there that i had never done before oh, that's cool and james and i were both like what is the point like i don't think we've ever we haven't figured out the point is or if it like <laughs> actually does anything more but we were like doing the little mini game um but no we just need to figure out the date for that hopefully we'll have some more info soon and have that ready to share because apparently Like we, James had messaged me about this at the start of the stream, but apparently we were having problems with Facebook then too, and we're having problems with Facebook today. So we'll be trying to figure out why Facebook isn't streaming anymore. But um, other than that, the only thing I would say is again, of course, please like, share, subscribe, and do all the fancy things uh, because we're on Twitter, Facebook, all those places. Uh, Feel free to, of course, if you are watching you can always leave us a message in chat but if you have any thoughts or comments you would like to leave you can hit us up on social media or send us an email to feedback at quality3.net um other than that everyone i think you should all have a fantastic weekend and we will see you guys in two weeks